been a long day. Grab a beer and sit back. It's time for Brew Talk. Here's Scott Chad and the Brew Doctor himself, Dr. Michael Mosier. Happy Brews to everybody. It is an extended version of Brew Talk today. We you get two more minutes of us talking about our table beer today. So Yay. I hope you are settled in, ready to go, and just going with it. And for those of you who are tuning in late because you don't tune in till 5.05, then you're going to miss out. On the first part. <laughs> on two minutes of us talking about <laughs> beer. 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 <laughs> How you doing, gentlemen? I'm doing pretty good. Very good. Good. Well, Doc, you brought in a plethora of a, beers today. A plethora. A, a cornucopia. A uh, cornucopia is probably a better word A myriad, for it. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, rather than just have a single table beer that we may or may not enjoy... I thought it would be best for me to bring in four different beers from Vicious Cycle Brewing up in Fraser. I like it. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit before we came on air. You, Rule 105, mm-hmm. are doing a little bit of a collab with Yeah, them. so, so uh, yeah. we actually have two collabs going. Wow. This is the second of the two. Uh, with Vicious Cycle, we're making a Belgian blonde flavored with pear. So we were using some pear concentrate, um, getting ready to add it probably tomorrow, and then uh, then we'll be finishing off the beer, letting it sort of just mature and nice. go to the can. And uh, we're actually going to serve it at the Collab Fest down in Westminster later on in March. Ooh, very nice. So uh, we're pretty ex- excited about that. How did you connect with Vicious Cycle? Well, um, believe it or not, uh, one of their um, bartenders, or beer tenders is what they call them, uh, went through our uh, brewing program okay, up on good. campus. Yeah. His name uh, Chris. Uh, he goes by Biscuit for short. Biscuit. I don't. Did know. we meet Biscuit? One yeah, time? we had Biscuit on the radio yeah. quite a while ago. Um, just because he's been all over the world learning about brewing yeah. techniques everywhere, and got hired at Vicious Cycle, and I think he's now their cellarman there. Very nice. So very excited to have him and Nate, the owner, come down and um, do a collab with us and. Uh, uh, so far, uh, everything's tasting pretty good. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about having a pear flavor. Yeah. Um, pear the you know Belgian fruit. Uh, this will go great. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, I'm looking so. online right now because I had not heard of the collab fest that you just referenced. Oh, sure. So it's on March 25th at the Westin in Westminster. Mm-hmm, right. And it this looks year? like they don't have tickets on sale yet, but they're Not coming yet. shortly. And it actually is kind of a really cool thing to see a lot of the Colorado Brew Guild members get together and actually right. do collaborations. Well, so. it's it's actually a really cool event if you're an attendee, especially if you're a beer aficionado, because... The people that are there pouring the beer are the brewers that made the beer. Um, typically, they come Not out. just volunteers. And it's just volunteers. They come out and, uh, you know, basically say, hey, we made this with this other brewer, and here's why we did it. Here's what we did. And here's where the flavor profile is coming from, things like that. So it ends up being this really amazing time to go out and sample some beers and actually bend the ear of the person who actually made yeah. it. And so. I always like it going to the Collab Fest because, you know, it. a lot of times it's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily ordinarily see at one brewery or the other. Correct. The two, two breweries coming together tend to create a, a beer that 
normally they might not create in their own breweries. Yeah, like cheese and mushrooms uh, <laughs> put together makes <laughs> a third thing. There you go. And the uh, same thing's true here. You get one idea from one uh, company and one idea from another brewery, and they put it together, and it's like, we never thought of this. Let's try it. And we get these amazing collabs. Uh, and since it's uh, end of winter, beginning of spring, uh, you can imagine that many of them are a little higher alcohol. Right. And uh, But I think the most exciting part is that you get to talk to the brewer. Unlike if you go to another kind of uh, beer festival or if you go to GABF, you might see the brewer. Right. Here you're pretty much guaranteed to talk to somebody that works in yeah. the brewery. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that kind of idea of being able to get into the nuances. And we saw some of that at the GABF where mm-hmm. you've got some of the individuals who can get into the weeds of the beer that they're doing, but you have most of the people pouring or volunteers. volunteers that, so that's super cool. Right, right. Don't necessarily know anything about the brewery, let alone the beer that they're pouring. Yeah. Well, I think a couple of years ago it was down in Denver. This year it's in Westminster. And I think it rotates around. Yeah. Uh, it's all Colorado uh, Beer Guild members. So. Yeah. I saw several years ago it was in Telluride. So mm-hmm. it's like been mm-hmm. all over the place. But it's close enough for a day trip. It Ooh. is very yeah. close for a day trip. <laughs> I'd recommend spending the night, though, just FYI. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. <laughs> so when breweries get together for a collab, kind of educate us on the, yeah, the process so, that happens with it. Well, there's usually, I mean, it's, it's sort of like uh, bre- uh, brewer's choice. Sure. So whatever you'd like to do, in my case, I prefer to pool our resources to make one beer and then split the beer. And then whoever takes the beer away pays the other person for the beer. Sure. And then that basically splits the cost of everything in half. Um, we, in the past, did a collaboration with uh, Rule 105, did a collaboration with Eddie Line. Mm-hmm. And we did it a little differently there, where we brewed a seven-barrel batch at our place, and they came and helped. And then I went and helped them brew a 30-barrel batch Oh wow! at their place. So they got to keep their 30 barrels. I got to keep my seven. No money really changed hands. And they sold theirs. I sold mine. So it it works out many different ways, whatever seems to be the easiest that makes the most sense for everybody involved. Yeah. So when it comes up thinking about the beer that you're going to brew, do you come in with ideas in mind or you just kind of yeah. sit down, grab a beer and, and chat back and forth and kind of decide what you want to do? Well, f- for, this, uh, for this one with uh, Vicious Cycle, I was thinking of uh, something that would be kind of light as we move into spring, yeah, but not change. too light because it could still be cold. Sure. It usually is in March. So we still want a little bit of a warming effect. So something a little higher alcohol, but light. Gotcha. What fits that style better than a Belgian blonde, about 7% ABV? Um, And then they came up with the idea that it should be pear flavored because Belgium is known for their pears. Mm -hmm. And and that just goes really good with uh, this kind of a style. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where we all put our minds together and came up with something awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Now, the one that we're tasting right now is the Night Rider. And mm-hmm. I love the way that it's actually a throwback to the pop culture <laughs> icon of the Michael Knight, the Correct. actual Night Rider. And it's it's listed as a German Bach. And I am not a big beer expert, but this to me 
tastes a little bit more like a like a porter or something like that than it does a Bach. But um, am I wrong? You're not. In fact, uh, Chad was mentioning that yeah. to me earlier. Like, do you think this is a Bach? Where, but, and it, it, it's possible that maybe they just got the cans confused. But don't don't be afraid though too to remember that it's an Americanized version. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. And in America, remember you take one thing about the beer and, <laughs> and you, you ramp, ramp it up it a up. notch. <laughs> So, because America, bigger and better. I I wish we had a video camera to see what just happened right there. Because if you can hear it on the radio, you heard them both say it at the same time. They both were like motioning with their hands. You ramp it up so that we we might have to think about that. That brew talk, we talk about beer and then we ramp it up. up. Definitely Americanized styles are that way. So, to actually make a beer that's true to style like a german bach you might be looking at maybe four percent or something five percent and here we're at whatever it was seven seven percent but i really like it i was i do too i'm not saying anything bad about no no. not at all this is a really Mm -hmm. good beer this one's tasty yeah i would this would i think this is one of those that if we were reviewing the beer it'd be like we're throwing kegs and growlers Mm -hmm. down across the board because i I am like i really like it a lot Yeah. yeah I'm going to have to Sorry, find I only brought one it. of those. <laughs> yeah, I see how it is. Yeah. But we well, do. we got some other things to try. We, we got yeah, a a, Like I said, there's a Baltic Porter, there's an oatmeal stout, and uh, then uh, a Belgian Trapel. Yeah. So those will all be fun to try, too. Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. they're great beers. And love the whole idea of the collaboration mm-hmm. and that element. And I, hopefully people are going to be able to go down to this event in Westminster here towards the end of March. And, and if, go and do if that not, stuff. go go visit the breweries yeah. around here. There's a lot... Uh, of them that are doing collaborations just because it's a fun way to get out and really bend the ear of some other brewer and get their take on right. things. Yeah. So, um, for instance, Yetter Brewing Company, we're, are, we're doing two collabs, and Yetter Brewing Company is the other one we're doing a collab with. So um, go see them and nice. find out what they've got on tap. Um, go, go see like Weldworks. I think yep. they might have at least a collab beer out there. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure every brewery in Greeley yeah. at one point or another is, is if not working on one now has done one in the past. Right. So. Yeah. And it's great to go in and say, Hey, this is the collab beer that we made with da, da, da. Yeah. And then, Oh, can I talk to you about it? Cause there's some interesting mm-hmm. things going on here. Yeah. It's a great way to do it. If you can't get down to Westminster now, agreed. With your collab that you're doing with Fish's Cycle, we will you have that on tap at the brewery as both, well? Both breweries will have it on tap, and mm-hmm. not just at the the collab. Not just at the collab. Yeah, we'll make uh, we'll we'll take a keg. So down if we there. can't necessarily get to the collab fest, we can come Correct. still taste. Yes, you sure can. Very good. Yeah, so we'll still have it on uh, on tap, and we'll probably even can it. Excellent. So just so that people can take some to go. That's a it's a great opportunity, and so. I want to get into some of the other beers that you brought just for us to taste. And so I think this is a perfect time for us to take a break. We'll pay some bills. We'll have a little bit of a uh, a little stop in time so that we can rinse our glasses and get into another table beer when we come back after the break. So stick around and see what other beer we're going to try and taste and talk about in just a few. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Brew Talk here on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. Coming to you live from the Allo Communication Studios in downtown Greeley. I'm here with Chad and Doc, and we are tasting a myriad of different beers from Vicious Cycle Brewing. And right now, I think we've kicked into a couple different ones. Which one are you guys this sipping on? This is the Trapel, I think. Yeah, I think we got the Trapel. Yeah, I I just jumped the shark and I went right to the oatmeal stout. So, Exile Belgian Trapel, seven point six ABV. Nice. And and your thoughts? Well, like I said, I, I don't have anything bad to say <laughs> no. at all. No, <laughs> a very good beer. Yeah. So. Um, high alcohol on these, so I'm hoping the next one is a little lower. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're, true, we're pacing we ourselves. A beer dinner to go to. <laughs> I know, I got a beer dinner to <laughs> go right. to here pretty soon. So before we got uh, started today, um, this afternoon I happened to do uh, to record a podcast with uh, the host of the MBAA uh, podcast, uh, Master Brewers Association of America. Okay. Um, they have a, a technical quarterly magazine that comes out. And uh, then there's somebody who does a podcast about interesting ideas and things like that that would be of use to the MBAA. So I have listened to their podcasts many times before, but I just thought, you know, this is something that I think everybody probably wouldn't would like to know about. Yep. So if there's anything you want to know about brewing and beer, just go uh, to your favorite podcast supplier and uh, type in MBAA for the Master Brewers Association of America. And every time I say that acronym, I always think of the Dodgeball Association because <laughs> it's the American Dodgeball Association yeah. of America. Dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's right. So, but anyhow, they they have these amazing podcasts um, that just dive into the weeds with brewing, and definitely worth getting into. So is, is it really technical? Is it Some, something more brewer? Sometimes they are very technical. I will okay. I will admit that. But you can find out which ones are and which ones aren't based on their title. Gotcha. So, but many times it's like if I want to know a little bit more about this style, style or something, uh, you know, they might have what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, so. we might see if we can find that. We'll put a link to it on our post when we post up the review of our review beer that we're going to do a little bit later in this show, and we'll just include that in our social media posts. So if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other socials, you should do that, and you can reach out and communicate with us there. But we'll put a link to that, Doc. And cool. We'll, yeah, especially since you're on it. I mean, that, that should Well, yeah, they said the, about two weeks yeah. before they get it all edited out. Yeah. So you know, mine was a little technical, but... That's, That's awesome. okay. I can't imagine you getting no, technical. Not at all. No. <laughs> I kind of I kind of dove into the weeds a little bit. Did too you get much, a little right? professor? I tried not on. to. I tried to I tried to just say what what the questions, you know, yeah, answer the questions yeah. and stuff, but um we were talking about how to measure how much sugar is in beer. And so all the different units and measurements that you can do to figure that out, instruments you can use. And what would be an example of said instrument or measure? Um, you got, might, might know one. It's called a hydrometer. Mm -hmm. um, if you've heard of one of those, it's a little device that floats. And its buoyancy will make it stick out of the water more or less, depending upon how um, dense the liquid is, how much sugar is in that liquid. So um, if... If there's a lot of sugar in the liquid, the hydrometer will stick way out. Mm -hmm. And if there's hardly any, it'll kind of sink. 
And that kind of reflects on the ABV, doesn't it? And that, the at end? the end of the process, yeah. if you know how much sugar you had to start with and you know how much sugar you have left, you just assume all the sugar was converted into ethanol. Because that's kind of what I yeah. know a hydrometer from is yeah. home brewers use yeah. it to kind of Yeah, you do the beginning the and the end. and yeah. yeah. Yeah, beginning and end and multiply by 131 and there you go. That's your alcohol content. And it's pretty accurate. It's, it's not too far off of the actual real 100% honest number. That's fun. So, yeah, so there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, real technical uh, stuff to dive into there to talk about it. But they're still fun to listen to. Yeah. Even if they go over my head, I'm yeah. like, it's still fun to listen to. <laughs> well, and even the nuances that we were talking a little bit when we were off air about just the differences that you have to do as a brewer if you're in Colorado, you're mm-hmm. in Greeley versus being in Fraser versus being Correct. in like California, you know, California, Florida. where the elevation will change at the temperature in which yeah. things boil. Can and, you imagine being a brewer in Quito, Ecuador, or someplace like that, where you're at twelve thousand feet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the water boils when you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> the temperature's so low, you get a little angry with the water, and, and it, it automatically just boils. boils. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a lot of heat being generated there to and that's why you have to boil longer and stuff yeah. so yeah it could be uh, really changes up how um, beer tastes and what kind of um, properties and effects you get from different additions so well it's funny we were talking about that because chad you were just mentioning like the home brewer and using the hydrometer and everything right, else yeah. and it's like I don't remember. I've only done a couple of home brews in my lifetime, but I don't remember there being like a high altitude set of ingredients like there are with cakes and other right. foods. When, when you, you bake do or that. you cook, so there's like, a lot of times yeah. in, rest, in, mm-hmm. in cookbooks, there's high altitude instructions, yep. which is might not necessarily be true in, in there, home brewing. Well, there are. It's just that it's not like written down. You just have to know. You just have to know. That I'm doing this much. I need this much heat, but I only can get this much heat because of my altitude. So I'm going to have to cook longer to get it to yeah. to do the job. Which might be why one of the home brews that I make was not very good. So because I was following <laughs> the be. normal instruction, <laughs> I'm really good at following directions. So I felt like I was doing a pretty good job through the whole process. But if it was based on, you know, sea level and we're at high altitude and I didn't make any adjustments for it, it might contribute to the lack of quality of that beer. That and, that, and that's something I've mm-hmm. never even contemplated before, because yeah. if you create a beer recipe here in Greeley, mm-hmm. and then go and try to duplicate that recipe in California, or Florida, or you know, Ecuador. Frazier. It's going to be a very dis- different recipe, depending on where you... you You're going to have to modify the length yeah. of time that the, you cook it. And that, and strictly for that, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. times and the... And uh, then you're going to have to worry about some other factors that are going in. So you might have to do some trial and error to get it to taste the same. Because a lot of times we just think about water quality, and that's what makes a good beer, yeah. which is a very important part of making beer. But there's a lot of other factors. Mm-hmm. Well, think about this, too. If you carbonate your beer in Ecuador, and then you bring it here... Now it doesn't have as much bubbly right. in it because the bubbles don't want to let go of the water. And if you've water. never taken a bag of chips on an airplane, yeah, I actually, <laughs> or if you have taken a bag of chips on an airplane, you'll understand that completely. Well, I had somebody come and visit me, and they had a bag of chips in their back seat, and uh, it was just a bag that they had bought at the store. And by the time they got to 
us, the bag of chips was about ready to burst. Wow. So we took pictures of it because it was just insane how big it was. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's just an altitude change. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, as we're talking about all this, I'm thinking about my dad worked for Coors his entire career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they always talk about the Rocky Mountain water and it's, it's brewed in golden and all these other things. And they were very proud of the fact they only made their beer in Colorado. That was a big deal for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I remember how big of a hubbub it was when the Anheuser-Busch facility came into Fort Collins. But I was just thinking, they had to make some changes. Because St. Louis is 466 feet above sea level. Right. And Fort Collins is more than 4,000 feet above sea level. Right. So the difference there is going to have an impact on right. their brewing process and what they've got to do. Well, so. I, I usually see here in town uh, boiling points of about 204, 205 degrees when it, water normally boils at 212. Well, so I'm not getting the full effect of all of the heat. And so I imagine they have to do that. But, of course, the main reason why Coors didn't want to move was not because of the altitude. Right. It's because of the water. Well, it's because yeah. of the water. Well, yeah, I mean, the water was so, the biggest appeal mm-hmm. to it. But I just remember that being, that was their big thing. It was this like, is really it was funny cool. because isn't, it's the water. Wasn't that somebody else's slogan? Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was hams, right? Hams, no, that was the beer I, refreshing? Yeah. or I don't I remember. remember that. One of those. One of those. But it wasn't Coors's. No, it was not. They didn't, you know, they had to kind of, you know, brewed with Rocky Mountain spring water. Or yes, and then cold yeah. filtered. Yeah, cold filtered and all those other fun things yep. that they did and yep. so much fun. And then people would make fun of it and say that it was because of all the animals peeing in the river. That's why it tasted like horse. <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> no, no, spring water. It's not river water. Well, I've I'm, got some jingle stuck in my head now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm thinking of the, the land of bright blue water. Yeah, that's hams. That's the beer hams, refreshing. Hams, the beer refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I'm just thinking of college and I'm sitting there, rainy beer. beer. So... <laughs> Sometimes you go down to the internet and you go down the rabbit hole, yep. right? You're uh-huh. watching YouTube videos and the next thing you know, or TikTok videos, the next thing you know, you're like, what am I watching? <laughs> so four me, hours later, for me, it was like uh, one night, all of a sudden, I'm watching beer commercials from the 40s and 50s. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, they're so different than they are today. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. So I, I strongly recommend, if you get a chance to, to go down that rabbit hole, because it is fun. I imagine. Uh, beer names that you probably wouldn't ever recognize, which yeah. were very popular at the time. Yeah. So, uh, like Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that one sounds, I've not heard of. Oh, no. that's a, that was a popular beer at the time. So. Have a Frankenmuth and then brush your teeth with uh, tooth powder. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gleam or whatever it was called. That's, oh, wow. Ipana. That is crazy. Yeah, brush so. a brush a brush. <laughs> so anybody, if you want to complain about the earworms this, that you got stuck on in the rain today. beer is good. <laughs> it is good. That's, yeah. That was the commercial? No, no. That was oh. the commercial for what we're drinking here. <laughs> it's like... This is good beer. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> high alcohol, so. Yeah, it's it's working. So, well, I think it's time that we should take another break. And then when we come back, we're going to jump into the one that we're going to actually review today, mm-hmm. which there is not a lot out there about. And no. we are going to do our absolute best to give it all the credit it's due. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. And so and we'll also out. find out. Who's a dog person and who's a cat person? Yes, yes, we do have to talk about that that in the second half of the show. So we are going to do that. We'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Stick around, and uh, we'll drink more beer, and we'll talk about it. 
Welcome back to Brew Talk. You've got Chad, Doc, and myself, and we are getting ready to jump into this brand new beer at a Crooked Stave Brewery. So new, there's not a lot of So new that there's nothing it. on it. We literally called the, <laughs> the brew house before the show and said, what can you tell us about this beer? Because we got it, and there's nothing online about it. And what we got was that it is basically using the same base as their coffee stout. It's not aged, and there's no lactose in it. So there we go. Love the no lactose thing. Yes, yeah. I yeah. And it rings in about 7.8, so not a lighter beer nope. like Doc was hoping for. Yeah, not, yeah sorry, yeah, Doc. Not yet. <laughs> you have to stick around. And, and I'm curious because I, I mentioned while we were on break that I am not a hazelnut fan. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how I will appreciate it. But I'm going to try it because I've learned that you got to try it all. You never know. Well, I will say this. It pours like liquid oil. Yeah. Um, very thick and rich and has this. Has the Nutella nose. Yes. It smells exactly like Nutella and coffee. It does. But, and maybe it's just me, the nose seems to be way more prominent than the hazelnut taste. I get a little bit of it, but it's not overpowering. Right. It's yeah. not. It's, yeah, it's more in it's, the nose than it yeah. is in the, I can taste the coffee. Yep. Which I the, think is is. My experience with hazelnut coffees as well. You you tend to smell it more than you taste it in yep, coffees. Right, right. And I'm not disappointed with that at all. No, no I'm not um, either. And but it is there in the flavor profile. It's kind of pronounced. It is um, across the nose and the flavor. Um, but you know, I should have expected that, being as it's called hazelnut. Yes, macchiato. So yeah. um, to me, it's deep and rich and. It's actually pretty tasty. It is. It's a little creamier than I expected yeah, for yeah. not having lactose in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And completely out of what I would have thought uh, from a Crooked Stave product. Right. Yeah. Not a, you know, not a, not a normal a Crooked Stave kind of beer. Right. Definitely. Yeah. That's kind of their, I noticed that on their website that that's kind of their bread and butter. Yeah. It's they like tend they have to a whole towards the y- wild yeast, you know, cultivations and. And types of beer, and this is is definitely not that. No, and I think you mentioned, Doc, that it pours very thick, Mm -hmm. which I think makes that fit with the creaminess in it. But it's it's very good. It's tasty. Well, it's like enjoyable. It's like an oatmeal stout or something. It just seems like it's got something. There's a lot of mouthfeel going on there. Yeah. And it's, I mean, when you dilute things with coffee or when you add coffee to it, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily improve the mouthfeel. Yeah. There's a lot of coffees that you have that really yucky fill. Yeah. It's almost like it films your mouth in a bad way. And I think that the hazelnut here is probably smoothing out some of the bitterness at the end. I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, a good point. That you'd expect from the coffee. And you can tell it's there. It's just you're not getting it. As much. So, yeah, I'm actually pleasant. really surprised by this because I'm so bad. I am too. Like, my, I like French vanilla creamer in my mm-hmm. coffee, but I only like Coffee Mate because it has like no hazelnut. I don't right. like the Coffee Delight because it's so <laughs> heavy on the hazelnut. So, I won't even use certain creamers that are French vanilla because it has hazelnut in it and it's overpowering. And this is. Well, I agree with you. Not, I'm a black coffee, just regular oh, me too. truck stop. <laughs> You know, yeah. when you put just regular spoon right up in it, right? There you yeah. Go. <laughs> um, and in my parents, on occasional, I'll go to their house and 
they do the the hazelnut coffees, and you can smell it in the house. Mm-hmm. And I and when, the minute I smell it, I say, no mm, coffee for me, thanks. Yeah, that's typically my, but, my experience. You make the if you just made the hazelnut coffee and then threw it out. I'd be very happy because the whole house would smell like hazelnut right. for a little bit. You enjoy the smell, but don't want to taste it. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, and this but I, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, it is a it's a it's a surprise for me just thinking about how that is and knowing that it's something that's fairly new from them. And you know, I was joking with Chad before you got here, Doc, that you know. The only thing I could think of when I saw the hazelnut macchiato was the robot chicken episode where the <laughs> emperor is trying to build the Death Star and he's asking the guy about if he tries a hazelnut macchiato and says, It'll change your life. <laughs> and he just looks at him like he's an okay. alien. But again, Sorry. you, yeah, I'm I know. Lost. Pop culture, that whole, yeah. yeah. You know, check out the Nerd Show tomorrow. You might hear some of that <laughs> okay. pop culture pop stuff culture. on the radio as we talk I'm about not, that. I'm not sure Doc knows what robot chicken is. <laughs> no, I don't. All I know uh, when I hear the word macchiato is I think of the. Um, Ricky Bobby, as they're driving the cars, and, <laughs> and he bumps him. Says, you just made me spill my, my macchiato. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Booby. <laughs> Ricky Booby. Oh, How do we go from crooked stage <laughs> to Talladega Nights? I don't know. That's 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 brew talk for you. That is. That's the rabbit holes that we go down every once in a while, even if it's just on the show. So, no, I'm thinking it's good. Doc, so what else about this beer? I mean, obviously, you had a an idea of what it might be before you tried it. Right. We opened it up, and it surprised so, you. What, yes. are you. what are you getting out of this that thus lay people would not pick up? Well, there's not a lot of information on the label. And even less online. And even less <laughs> online. But um, so the only thing you can really see on the label is it's a stout, and it's uh, almost 8%. And so when you pour it and you see this thick, deep, rich... Almost motor oil-like yeah. consistency going into the glass with this creamy, beautiful head that just forms and doesn't want to go away. The first thing you're thinking is this has got to be like a double oatmeal stout or you know something where it's just I'm, I need a fork and a knife to, to right. take this. And it's not quite that thick, but it is. It doesn't drink that thick. But it does have a lot of mouthfeel to it. It does. And th- that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, and then of course the first thing I I thought of when I brought it to my nose was how much uh, the hazelnut was there, and I was wondering if it was going to be overpowering. Yeah. And uh, then when I took the first sip, and I could tell, no, 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 it's there's yeah. the coffee down in below. Yeah. And it just makes me want to know where do they get their coffee, and <laughs> yeah. And what right. kind of coffee is it? And can I have a cup of coffee? Well, that's why I was wondering. It's like you're, there's obviously there's something that they have done when they made this beer that has changed it up from what you were expecting coming out of the can. And so yeah. I'm just curious, just what you think that could be, or mm. any kind of. I think it's just that it's the it's the right amount of coffee flavor, and. Um, Probably what I'd say is just the right amount of hazelnut flavor. Yeah. And without any other information to know, you know, is it, it's flavored with hazelnut flavored coffee or it's (laughs) brewed with hazelnut flavored coffee. So that means it's not, um, you know, like get the squirt of coffee and go squirt, squirt, squirt. Uh It's not one of those uh, flavors of coffee. It's actual coffee. Yeah. And it's a hazelnut flavored coffee. And I think that's what makes it. Yeah. Stand out from the pack. Um, yeah, there's it, this one is a hard one to read. And then after you start tasting it, you just start to enjoy it yeah. on its own for its own merit. 
Well, I'd say if if hazelnut coffee, most hazelnuts coffees taste like this, I would drink more hazelnut coffee. I would too. Because I don't, you know, I like the aroma, like you you talked Mm -hmm. about, Doc. You brew the pot and then you throw it out and brew a regular pot of coffee. Um, but you know, so I like the aroma, but it's not overpowering on the, the, the palate and, and I like Nutella. I like, you know, even though I shouldn't eat Nutella, but <laughs> well, I, I think there's because the stout itself has a little bit of uh, the roasted the coffee roasty, yeah. and roasted toffee type flavors yeah. that are hidden down underneath, which back sweeten this quite a bit. And also lend notes of things that are much darker and more right. enjoyable than just coffee and don't get me wrong it's not overly sweet like Nutella. No, it's not it's, no um although it's a that, very well balanced beer it really is and i'm not upset let's just say that yeah i don't yes. i'm not either and i'm i was hesitant because of the the hazelnut being in the name and i am not disappointed in the slightest nor am i upset that we're drinking this and in fact i think i'm really glad that chad brought two cans of it because we're going to finish them both uh, <laughs> Before really, we get done. It'd be really great if there was smell-o-vision because yeah. people really need to smell this one. I agree. But now I'm tempted to do the trick that the City Star gals Yeah, we plug your nose. You and plug your nose and taste the beer. So. And, and I, so I tried that last week because we were doing that. And I feel like if you don't do that with the very first taste, it 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 sort of taints the process because because you get the nose the first time and i think you remember that yeah and that's what happened to me last week because we were doing that and i was like i'm gonna try that but i still could almost envision you know the olfactory senses and what i was getting from there even though i was trying to plug my nose so i wasn't actually smelling it there was some remembrance of that so i don't know how that works and i will say i just tried it yeah and it's not near as enjoyable really as it is if i just with the nose. Hmm. Interesting. And I think that just kind of ties into how much your sense of smell and yeah. your sense of taste are tied together. They play into that. Yep. Because with, without smelling it, it's just kind of a there, you know, dark stout. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. sweet and yeah. a little bit of bitter at the very end. Yeah. And all yeah. that's because if you just plug your nose, that's just that's all because... You're that's just what's on your tongue, and you can't really taste the stuff that goes with the yeah. bitter yeah. or the stuff that goes yeah. with the sweet. No, I think this this beer is it's it's not overly complex. No. Which is a good thing in its own right. For sure. Yeah. But I can definitely tell if there's some coffee, there's some chocolate, there's some toffee. Yeah. Some, some hazel, caramel. A little bit of hazelnut. And then a little bit of hazelnut on top of and it. And then that stout. Good, some good stout flavors base. going on in there. Well... We're going to take our last break before the end of the show so that um, we can pay a few more bills. And then when we come back, we're going to rate this beer. And I think if I had to guess right now, I think it's going to do fairly well. But we'll see how we'll see how my predictory capabilities are as we go into break and we get back from that. So stick around, see how we rate the beer. And then we'll find out who on the panel is a dog person or a cat person. And we'll see what you guys think as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Brew Talk. That was really hard for me to even talk over the top of because I just my favorite band of all time. And thank you to our producer, Micah, for 
pretty much always throwing at least one Rush song in from entrance or exit. And so we I'm going to have to step out for just a sec. Oh, that's all right. We will wait temporarily. Uh-oh. We're going to make sure Doc is okay. <laughs> I'm sure he's all right. So in the meantime, before we reveal our review and our scoring of our beer, um, Chad, we had an interesting poll question that got thrown up. We did. It's the age-old one. And and I use the term throw up because I think of cats. And, you know, (laughs) someone said that if you could ever create an alarm that sounded exactly like a cat throwing up, throwing up in your shoe. The hairball. Either the hairball or whatever else, everybody would immediately go and they would get up out of bed. So that's what I always think of in that regard. But cat person or dog person? Uh, For me, I'm, I'm definitely a dog person. Definitely a dog person. I, I I have an allergy towards cats, but I've also throughout my childhood I've had trauma with cats. I've had <laughs> I've had friends whose cats hated me and uh, would attack me every time I walked in the room. Yeah. And, and then their other cat would love me because they knew I didn't like yes. cats. So they'd come and just kind of be on my lap. They're like, yeah, they want to be right there. I don't with you. want that. So um, I'm a dog person. Always had dogs. Mm-hmm. We had a cat for a little bit because my wife was kind of a cat person, but it turned out that cat was really a jerk, and we ended up giving it to my sister-in-law. So, um, but yeah, I'm not, which is what you do with your in-laws? You find something right. that you really don't like, and you give it to your in-laws. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, I, yeah, definitely a dog person for me. Dog person. Yep. And for me, same thing. Yep. Love dogs. Had dogs and cats my whole life. Yep. But uh, dogs. Or the bee's knees. Yep. I'm a, I'm a dog person as well. I've had dogs my entire life. My late wife, in fact, was really involved with uh, a lot of effort in Colorado. They've got a couple of great organizations that actually are really big on trying to create awareness and shut down the puppy mill mm. trade. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been stuff that we've... So we've had puppy mill rescue dogs and dogs my entire life, or at least my adult life. We had one cat when I was a child. And yeah. It didn't like me either, so I think that that's part of it because I was not a cat fan. The cat didn't like me, so See, think, and I've had dogs that didn't like me as a child either. But yeah. I tend to forgive them a lot easier. Yeah, I think than they're like, cats. yeah, they don't like it. And then they're like, I okay. think it's just cats just have this viewpoint that like they just tolerate us, right? Yeah, yeah. And dogs are like, oh, I kind of like you a little bit, maybe. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's like, and hey, will you feed me? Awesome, I'm your best I'm friend. Your best friend now. <laughs> You're my world. Here's, I scratch my belly. Yep. I, I, now you guys know why I'm a cat person. Yeah, there you go. That totally makes sense for Michael why he's a cat person. I keep thinking about the movie Up when when yes. they have the dog that actually could talk. Yeah. It's like I'm your best friend. <laughs> that was totally it. So squirrel. totally true. Yep. Total squirrel. squirrel. Yep. All right. So. We're all back. We're all good. We're all ready. So we've determined that everybody in studio is a dog person. Micah behind the glass is a producer, is a cat person, person. which makes perfect sense if anybody knows Micah. So now what we need to determine is how we're rating this beer. And we got to give this a, a review. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Oh, and we have... Two growlers in a keg, so this is absolutely Brew Talk approved. Very well done. Chad, you went with the keg. I Talk to us keg. about that. Um, you know, I did not expect to like this beer as much as I did. Yeah? Um, a lot of it because of the hazelnut coffee aspect of it. Um, it yeah, and, you know, when I bought it, 
macchiato, I was thinking a little bit of there's going to be lactose in it. But when we talked to the brewery, of course, they assured us there was not. So um, I just, this beer was a lot better than I anticipated and, and, and happily. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I would bring home and, and share with many, many, many friends. Yeah, for me, I had uh, just a growler with it because while I enjoy this beer, I don't know if I would want to order a second one. I mean, there's, it's a pretty intense beer right there, and I really do like it uh, a lot. It's just I wonder what it would be like if I had to order the second one. Would I get sick and tired of it sure. before I finished it? So that's the only reason why I kind of downgraded just a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, it's because I, I actually do like it. It's just I don't, for me, the drinkability is not as strong, not as, strong. as some of the other beers. But don't get me wrong. This is a good one. It really is. And I was in the mode of going, <clears throat> I would like to take some of this home. And, you know, Doc, when you were saying that, I think that kind of keyed off of what I was thinking. I would like to be able to have this and have one and then maybe in a day or two later have another one. I feel like that would be the really good way to do this because I do enjoy it. The hazelnut is not my favorite flavor, but it is definitely not hindering this beer at well, all. You know, I, I wouldn't even wait all day. I mean, I have one for lunch and one for dinner and then one for <laughs> Okay, maybe you know, like after yeah. after know, dinner. After dinner. Sure. Or something. But maybe before bed snack. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like having like three in a row. Right. Mm. I think I'd need to break my taste buds up a little bit. I, I, I agree with that. I think there's an element of it. Fair that enough. Need to spread that out a little bit. So, Chad, I'm going to throw something at you. We always talk about what good foods pair with beers and things like that. And based on what you have experienced with this beer, what are some of the things that you would pair from a food perspective that would really go well? So, to me, this is very much a dessert beer with the hazelnut and the the kind of Nutella flavored. So, I'm thinking something chocolatey. Something rich, maybe a cheesecake to kind of mellow out some of that richness of the beer or balance out the richness of the beer. Um, a creme brulee, Ooh. you know, some custard, mm. Um, mm. I think would be really good with, with this as well. My mouth is watering right now just imagining a little creme brulee with, with this on the side would just be really but good. But I think there's just this beer just screams pair with a dessert. Yeah. Mm hmm. I would think so, too. And I, you know, I couldn't even think of what you'd pair it with that would be an entree. Yeah. That, that was, I, I don't think I, that, I really don't think that exists. Yeah. Well, and that's why yeah. I was asking the question, because I'm like, I don't know how you would balance that out during a meal. Because I've used and, hazelnuts in, in different entrees or salads or appetizers. Mm-hmm, yeah. But with with this beer, there's a there's a sweetness in it in a, with a coffee-ness. It just really screams after dinner and, and dessert to me. So Yeah, you almost get that sense of, like, you're... It's like you go to a fancy dinner and they clear all your plates and they come yeah. around with a coffee pot and hey, we bring, would you like some would you coffee? Like coffee? And would then, you yeah, like a dessert? dessert? And yeah. a piece of shortbread? Yeah. yeah, no, that's actually a really good, you know, connection there, and I like the way that that. Yeah, I just off. can't see drinking this while eating a chicken breast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or a salad? Or a salad? Oh yeah, yeah. There's some elements that just doesn't feel like it would go with any of those things, but. Still good stuff. I mean, maybe a steak, maybe a the prime rib or something like that. A whiskey Ooh. bourbon steak or something that's yeah. been like soaked and mm. just cooked with this big glaze on it or something yeah. might work here. Uh. But I think the hazelnut makes it scream. But, yeah, but still to me, it's just really much an after dinner beer or a dessert kind of beer. 
which I don't think any of us here have had dinner yet. So there's no, that's right. <laughs> it's going. That's correct. We're all like, oh, the stomachs hungry. are rumbling and you keep bringing up these really good food. You said mm-hmm. whiskey, you know, barrel steak. And I'm just like, oh, steak. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good? Oh, it does sound so good. It sounds so good. Thinking to myself. Where can I go get a steak right now? Might have to figure out a place. There's, there's a few here. There's in a few here in Greeley. There's a few here in Greeley. I can go get a steak, but that would be interesting. So, I don't know, Chad. Doc, final thoughts on kind of not only just what we just tried, but also the stuff from Vicious Cycle Brewing. A really great brewery, by the way. Yeah. If you get yeah. a chance to get up to Fraser, I do recommend to stop by. One of my favorite places in the world, by the way, Fraser Valley. Yeah. That's where I love mm-hmm. to retire. Eventually. It's great. It's gorgeous up I there, and there's there. so many things to do year round. So, yeah. um, and I hate to live there. I think I like to visit there, yeah. Um, just because the traffic jams I hear can be a little true, trying true. during tourist season. Yes, I think that is very true. But, but Winter Parks, one in Mary Jane, are mm-hmm. one of my favorite places to mm-hmm. ski. The Fraser Valley during the summer is gorgeous. It really is. It's it's really kind of changed since my childhood with a lot of beetle kill and mm-hmm. all that. But it's it's kind of coming back. Yeah. Um, but it just really one of my favorite places. So definitely I'm going to make a trip to Vicious Cycle in the near future to, to kind of see what they're all about yeah. and get up there. And apparently they've got it in cans, obviously, or otherwise I wouldn't have Obviously, yeah. That's so right. not only can you sta- uh, stop there and sample one, but you can also take a six-pack home with you. Which is never a bad thing, whether you're getting it at Rule 105 or where yep. you're going up to Vicious Cycle, or you can hit Crooked Stave. They've actually got a tap house in Fort Collins as well as in Denver, so they've got places to go. And I've got, I bought this six-pack here in, in Greeley, so mm. at uh, College Green Liquors. Yeah. So. Really impressed with that. Stuff. Crooked Stave beer. Yeah. That was yeah. really... That I am too. Blew my mind. I was expecting something totally different. Yeah. I was I was prepared not to like it and to be able to go, I'm going to have a little taste, I'm going to be done with it, and that's all we're going to do, but... Um, you quite, have a second pour. Quite the, I did have a second pour. I'm, I'm going to finish my second pour as soon as we get you know, done with the show here in about... 25 seconds but it's well, i mean like this this whole studio smells like a hazelnut it now, does so. and it smells fantastic <laughs> and so um well make sure you check out stuff from vicious cycle brewing check out stuff from crooked stave check out some of the stuff that's local here in Greeley. let us know what you think if there's a beer you want us to review or try online or try on the air let us know online check us out and you have a wonderful week and we will catch you again in february